Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I would argue that this project could make the 200 block, 100 block, a new district. With the way people talk about Market Square, this area could become an area into itself where people are coming downtown to go there. So I realized I misspoke actually last week on the podcast. I said my uh, five-year anniversary was coming up. It's actually my fourth-year anniversary. Um, and in this past four years, there's one thing that I remember like from the very first week that I was here that people were talking about, and it was this missing tooth, the 200 block of Gay Street. Uh, for those who don't know, if you're walking, I guess, north, you'll pass the visitor center on your left, and you have to cross over like four lanes of traffic to Summit Hill, and all that's waiting for you is an empty parking lot before you get into the 100 block. That empty parking lot and the Cradle of Country Music Park, that's the 200 block that we're talking about. And there's finally plans on the table to develop that into something massive. It's uh, two buildings. One is three stories tall with two levels of retail. Another one is one level of retail with six residential floors above it and sort of a market square almost corridor uh, in between those two. It really sounds like it could be a transformational project. And it's going to be called uh, Caledonia Pass after uh, the full name, some say, of Cal Johnson. Although there's a little bit of uh, disagreement about whether it was Caledonia or Calvin. Um, that's the intention to name it in honor of him. Uh, and it's a really exciting project. One that, um, you know, we talk about all the time, transformational, you know, what this could do for the rest of downtown. I think since we started the podcast, this is one of the biggest, most transformational projects potentially, um, if it's completed the way that, uh, Tim Hill and Hatcher Hill properties wants to see it. So we're going to talk about today, what exactly this project could lead to, what it means for downtown Knoxville as a whole and what development it might spur, um, you know, directly around it, but also maybe even broader. Um, I'm Ryan Willis, Urban Life Writer at Knox News, and joining me... Brenna McDermott, Growth and Development Editor at Knox News. Before we get started, I need to remind everyone that the scruffy stuff is brought to you by knoxnews.com, where you can find everything we discuss on the show and more. Knox News relies on support from readers and listeners to provide you compelling stories from Knoxville and across East Tennessee. Subscribers get an all-access pass to all of our premium, exclusive content, and to become a subscriber, it's easy. Just visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offer and sign up today. So do you think we did a good job of explaining where the 200 block is? I think people people know, right? Or maybe you don't because, like I said, you get to the visitor center and it's kind of a mental uh, challenge, I don't know, to cross over Summit Hill. Um, that's part of the reason... Um, people call it such a, a vital missing tooth is because um, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the 100 block and even further down um, over the viaduct with the food hall now. But if you get to that intersection of Gay and Summit, um, what's pulling you down there into the 100 block? Not much. And that's where this 200 block project um, comes into play. And so first things first, I mean, there's there's a lot to digest and all the uh, different 
parts of this project from the retail to the restaurant space to the to the residential space i'm wondering brenda just sort of um when this project was announced uh, and we reported on it, what were some of the big things that stood out to you as um you know components of this project that could possibly make it uh, transformational in the way that hatcher hill properties thinks it could be well you mentioned earlier we've talked about a couple of pretty transformational projects on the podcast and it really is fun and a pleasure to be able to write about and talk about developments that are clearly very thoughtful and are trying to make good use of the land and and what's around the land and I think this project is certainly one of those I think they put a lot of thought into how it would look, how it would fit in seamlessly with what's around it. I think the the two building combination instead of one big high rise just makes more sense on the the 200 block, you know, looking at what's around it in the 100 block. So really thoughtful design, I think, and thought about what's going to be the best use of this space. So I was really impressed with that. Yeah, I mean, talking about the design, you know, I was talking with Tim Hill and I asked him why, why the two buildings, why not just the one building? And he brought up an interesting point, and that's if you put one big, large building, then there's that's still a barrier, right? You're just facing one large, you know, structure that spans an entire lot, and that's not really enticing to pull you down into that 200, 200 block and that 100 block. So the fact that there's going to be a lot of pedestrian activity around it, I think that's the most important thing. There's, there's not parking with this project. Um, part of the deal is that um, Crown Plaza apparently has uh, dedicated 50 spots from their hotel to residents of the 200 block people that would move into those condos. And then um, Lee Birch is working on a project, Capital Lofts, uh, up the hill on Vine. And um, he's uh, agreed to lease some spots as well. So um, parking is not part of this. Pedestrian focus, which is huge. And one of the most exciting things about it, I think, is just imagining what those commercial retail restaurant spaces could be filled in with because there's a lot of places downtown that um you know you build a bar or restaurant and you're relying on foot traffic to come past it you're hoping that people are going to walk past it and stumble into your into your business but in the 200 block there's going to be the 100 block already is so residential heavy and you always hear from developers that say, you know, the residents have to be there first before we're going to bring in the retail or the restaurants. They're already there. And so I think it's going to be really competitive to see who's actually going to get in those spaces. And I would almost guarantee that whatever ends up in there is going to be a high-level concept or something that's really going to work. Because I think everybody's going to be interested in being in that 200-block property, especially with that corridor. I mean, he's comparing it to Market Square, Tim Hill. And I, I see what he's talking about. It's kind of hard to explain on a podcast, but... The Gay Street facing building is going to have retail on the front and on the back side on the second floor is also going to be retail because it's sort of up on a hill. And then the building behind is going to have retail on the first floor. So it's going to create this long corridor um, that's going to have you know places for people to sit. It's private property, so potentially be able to walk around with a beer. Um, all exciting things are pedestrian focused. And, and that's what's most exciting to me. When you think about downtown, you think about the three main districts of downtown market square gay street and the old city i would argue that this project could make the 200 block 100 block a new district of downtown that has the sort of larger appeal that makes you a quote district this is a made-up thing but i think with the way people talk about market square the the way people talk about the old city this area could become an area into itself where people want 
people are coming downtown to go there. And so that's really exciting. And I will be very interested to see what kind of restaurants and retail and probably even some services come to these developments. Because as you mentioned, Ryan, there's so many residents living on the hundred block already. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's kind of been trending that way for a while. I mean, it, it's the 100 block's always been sort of a weird spot because it gets lumped in with Old City, but I don't really consider that Old City. Um, it gets lumped in with with just Gay Street in general, but you know, there's you know, to the north of it, there's nothing really but the food hall, and to the south of it, you know, you have to cross the 200 block and then Summit Hill, and then the visitor center is, is great, but if you're a local, you don't have much need to go in there. Then there's another parking lot, and then there's an empty what used to be the TBA building before you finally get to that corner there where there's the liquor store and Sutries and everything. So um, 100 block has always been, I feel like a downtown locals that already considered a district, but not the general Knoxville population. People, people that live downtown know what the 100 block is, but outsiders, you always have to just explain just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more, you know, to really help people understand where exactly that's at. And um, yeah, I think it's getting to the point where it's no longer going to be lumped in with old city. It is going to be its own district, which is exciting. Um, and credit to the 100 block for growing in not only, I think, population, but sophistication of the restaurants and retail that are available down there just in the past few years. You know, Turn Club, Aroma Cafe is going to be opening on the 100 block with a small grocery store. A little convenience store, which also accommodates all the residents in that area, which would be nice. The 100 block has come a long way on its own, and I think that's made it a very desirable place to develop condos. Yeah, I think one thing people love about the 100 block, and if there's going to be any controversy about this this 200 block project, is how quiet and quaint and peaceful <laughs> it is. I think people that have been drawn to the 100 block as residents over the years, um, you know, I just wrote about one recently, uh, Miss P, Patty Smith, who, you know, called this the best neighborhood in the country, the 100 block, just because everybody knows everybody. Um, you know, it's quiet for it's like a little downtown oasis. Um, and you know, 200 block project coming in is, is, uh, you know, it's going to make some noise, but, uh, as Patty also told me in that story, you know, downtown's growth takes patience and people have been patiently anxiously, I guess probably more anxiously than patiently waiting for that, uh, 200 block development to come and, it, and it's finally here. Um, and it's not just this development that's happening on the 200 block, the, the side, you know, closest to crown plaza. On the other side of the street, something else that's been talked about since I started this job four years ago is the redevelopment of Cradle of Country Music Park, which right now is just a little sculpture and a couple benches and some bushes. But the city had approved a while back now a massive redevelopment. I think it's the most they had ever spent on public art or approved or agreed to spend on public art. Just this massive pavilion and art. and It's I can't describe art on a podcast, but it's, it's it's huge. It's a lot, you know. It's a lot more elevated than than what's currently there. And um, I spoke with Lisa Zinni from the Arts and Culture Alliance recently, um, and she mentioned that that plan is still in the works. It's, it's coming, um, but I'm not exactly sure when. But those two things together, um, you talked about the 200 block being a destination. I think every good destination has a little has a landmark right that makes it a destination. For Market Square, it's actually Market Square itself and being on the square. Gay Street, you have the Tennessee Theater Marquee. Old City is just the old architecture, almost the New Orleans style balconies. Um, and then in the 200 block, I think it could be this Cradle of Country music park sitting there on the corner with this, you know, massive uh, these two massive buildings with a little market square in between. I think those two things alone can definitely make it a destination and a district on their own. I think the park renovation is 
desperately needed because multiple times over the last four years, I've had to remind myself that there is a park there. Right. I mean, it's sort of forgettable right now. And, and part of that's because there really is nothing in the 200 block. But I think that could really be a huge boost. I think our downtown needs more visible green space than it has. And uh, so I think that'll be money well spent and a great amenity for the people who are going to be buying condos at Caledonia to have a, a nice new park right across the street. I think even though Caledonia is going to be a great development that I do think is going to draw people to the 200 block and the 100 block, Summit Hill is still a barrier. And I think this project will probably spur some redevelopment or just rethinking about how do we get people from Chivo to through the 300 block across Summit Hill and into the 200 block. Uh, Summit is pretty boring as far as streets go. There's a lot of older buildings, older retail that I think could use a spruce. And uh, Caledonia will certainly help get people across the street, but that doesn't entirely solve the problem. No, but on the other side, having such clear boundaries uh, will make it feel like a like a district. And I'm I'm wondering, you know, with Summit Hill, like you said, uh, on, on the north side, you had the viaduct on, or sorry, Summit Hill on the south side, viaduct on the north side, um, Crown Plaza to the west. I'm really I got a compass in my head. I'm trying to follow it. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, those outdated sort of retail spaces to the east. It's very much, um, for being in the center of downtown, has very defined boundaries. And talking with Tim Hill, he had mentioned that uh, sort of that Market Square-like area, that corridor, he's going to work with the city about seeing whether or not open container would be possible there. If you could grab a drink at one restaurant and walk through and you know go sit on a bench. Um, I imagine there won't be as many barriers as there was with Market Square because this is private property, right? It's not even really open container. It's just, you know, uh, you know it's private property having a beer. Um I think if it were up to this podcast, all of downtown would be <laughs> pedestrian <laughs> only and open container. Yeah. But I was just going to say, I mean, the 200 block is a good candidate for it because, um, I mean, even down into the 100 block, because there are these, you know, definite barriers, you know, when you're getting into the district, if this becomes a district like we think it will be, um, and it'll be an arts and residential and kind of mixed use district that I think lends itself well to, um, to having open container, unlike Market Square, where it's a little family friendly it's a mix it's a lot of tourists in there a lot of people who aren't you know um as familiar with downtown but in this 200 block in this residential district i could see something like that making a whole lot of sense so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that um in addition i i just i feel like we're not talking enough about this corridor because this corridor is so cool we don't have we have the only thing we have like it is market square and we always talk about how fortunate we are to have something like market square because not many cities have a large open pedestrian area like this and now we're going to have two i I think that's that's huge my only concern is is the way that these spaces are going to be built out and this is perhaps not a i don't know if this should be a concern or not but the way these spaces are going to be built out uh tim hill had mentioned that it's going to be flexible spaces that could be restaurant or retail or you know some combination of both um they're going to be shell spaces and i'm wondering um you know how creative can you get in you know just a strip of shells along a corridor as opposed to buildings that have a lot of character which we have a lot of in downtown a lot of these old buildings have the character and you can do a strip and it seems sort of different but you know is this going to feel 
is this going to feel like a new Nashville development? I hate to, to say mm-hmm. that, but you know, Nashville has done a lot of that where they just build these big mixed use structures and everything sort of looks the same. That's my only concern. Um, what do you think about that? I think you raise a really good point. You don't want it to feel too sterile, especially right next to the 100 block, which has some really beautiful buildings and architecture. Right. Uh, so you want it to meld in well. Um, I'll be interested to see, does that pedestrian area, the corridor that you're talking about, the, the market square-like area, does it have its own personality? Or do they try to um, mix it into the architecture that's around? Or do they just make it plain and simple? Yeah. I mean, from the renderings I saw, it looks like there's some little, like, uh, shade... What do you call those things? There's little... I don't know what you call them. Little, little shade things, some string lights, perhaps. Um, awnings. Awnings, that's the word. Or little shade things. <laughs> um, the earlier renderings showed, perhaps, that Tim Hill had even a bigger vision than what's currently there. One of uh, those renderings showed, like, a beautiful um, uh, rooftop bar and restaurant with a lot of greenery and vines and stuff. I think there was even like a little fountain in a big pedestrian plaza that went out. Hmm. Um, like if you're crossing from the visitor center across Summit Hill, that corner right there was kind of built out with like a water feature and a pedestrian plaza. And just for financial reasons and to make the project, you know, feasible, they they moved it to where the building comes all the way up to the edge. And so um, old rendering show that, yeah, it would have a lot of character. I'm not saying that the new ones don't, but um, at least it seems like that was something that they were thinking about. And I'm sure it will even with the new design, we'll try to incorporate some some character and some fun little features in there. I think as a downtown grows and, and as our community tries to become more of a tourism destination, one of the things downtown Knoxville needs more of are destinations to go and hang. Market Square has great restaurants and retail and bars, but I don't know if tourists go to hang on market square they go in to eat at a restaurant or they go in to hit the bar they're not necessarily going to sit outside and enjoy does that make sense so i think we could use some more kind of entertainment destinations around downtown this could be one obviously the smoky stadium and the surrounding development i think is another hey we're gonna go spend three or four hours in this one little area as a as an overall experience i think that the more uh long-term destination spots we have around downtown the longer tourists stay the more they want to come back right and the stadium yeah i'd asked him if this had how much the stadium had to play into it and i I feel like i have to ask that to anybody who's doing something even remotely close to the stadium because a lot of people have been you know jumping on the opportunity with the that massive development down there um, uh, at the baseball site. And so uh, if this 200 block development was happening, let's say on the 700 block, which is also in desperate need of some renovation, um, that'd be cool because we need it. But also I know the 200 block could perhaps become its own sort of district, but those districts are very deeply connected. And I feel like that's a place where people could hang out um, on a baseball Sunday, a, a UT football Saturday. Um, and one thing we haven't really talked much about, and I can't remember if we've, said apartments. I feel like sometimes I just say that just to talk about residential in, in general. These are condos, um, 53 condo units. And the condos were important because um, that can help finance this project, right? I mean, I think the range on the, the condos are between 200000 and $800,000 that they're selling for. And so that money goes a long way. Multiply that times 53. Um, I don't have a calculator on me and don't have a good internal calculator. So, um, But you can imagine that's a lot of money. 
And uh, the condos, 53 units coming, a mix between studios and three bedrooms. That's a lot of people moving downtown. And we've talked about this before. I think you're more plugged into the housing market than I am. So do you want to just talk about how big of a splash 53 condo units can make um, in the downtown area and how much that's needed? Yeah. I mean, it's a significant project when you think about some of the biggest developments on the residential side going on right now. I think the biggest one is probably Church and Henley, the project from Rick Dover over by the former Tennessee State Supreme Court building. I think that's, I want to say, 200 plus, And that's probably the biggest one I can think of in downtown right now. So 53 units isn't quite that big. But when you think about uh, the size of the lot they're building on, I'd say that's pretty significant. And Knoxville's housing market continues to be cutthroat and uh, expensive, but I think we know based on the the drawings and what we've heard about this project so far, it's going to be good quality location that can't be beat. These condos will get snapped up so fast. And tell me if I'm I'm exaggerating on this, but I feel like the fact that they're condos as opposed to apartments could go a long way in helping this become the district that we think it could be. Because you're going to have people who are not just living here temporarily, who aren't just here to hop on the trend, that are invested in this 200 block, in this 100 block, um, and who have the money to spend probably, right? I mean, they're spending 200000 to $800,000 on a condo. They're going to be able to help you know, a lot of businesses, that whatever comes in those retail and residential, or whatever comes in those retail, commercial, restaurant, bar spaces. Uh, I'm sure if you can afford that condo, you can afford to you know, patronize those businesses and spend your money on drinks and food and shopping and services. Um, and like Miss P talked about, condos, I think, forge stronger, longer-lasting relationships between residents and, and businesses and residents and other residents because you're buying, you're investing for the long term. I think there's a little more of a, a long-term commitment there, commitment to the community. I think it might feel more like a really nice residential neighborhood than it would if it was apartments and residents were more transient. Right, and didn't... Sturkey, it used to be apartments and is now condos. Uh, the Commerce Building, which is where Miss P lived, condos. This, condos. So it really is, I mean, um, it's been mostly residential for a long time. And I think it's going to stay that way. I think that is one good thing. I mean, I talked about how the 100 block used to be, or still is, you know, more peaceful and quiet and oasis. And that's sort of why people have gravitated to that block. Um, but part of the reason people have gravitated to the block, like you said, is because there's these people who have been living there for a long time, and it is a neighborhood. And it's nice that these are going to be condos, because I think that can go a long way in helping it maintain that that neighborhood feel that people love so much about the area. And if you want to read even more about this project, um, head on over to knoxnews.com. Had a nice, long story sort of diving into all the different components uh, of this project and sort of how it got to this point, um, You know what's taken it so long to get here. Uh, the 200 block, like I said, has been something we've been talking about for a very long time. And um, some of that history is in there as well. So if you want to read all about it, past, present, where it's going, knoxnews.com is the place to read about that. It's also the place to read about all of our downtown news, Knoxville news, even from across East Tennessee. So if you are not a subscriber to Knox News, I encourage you to visit knoxnews.com slash subscribe to see our latest offers and support local journalism today. Uh, and if you do not uh, subscribe to the podcast, go ahead and click that like or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on to get a notification every time a new episode drops. 
Um, but we're a weekly podcast, so you can just come back on Mondays for new episodes. That's when we publish those. And if you want to follow me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram. I am at Knox Scruff. And if you want to continue the Urban Knoxville downtown conversation, join our free Facebook group, Urban Knoxville, at Facebook.com. Uh, that's a great place, too, for pitching podcast ideas. I, I love these discussions about what can this development do for the rest of downtown. So there's any areas that you want us to discuss, um, any ideas you have about podcast episodes, about you know what this development can do for this development, or what this development can do for the rest of the city. Drop those in the uh, Urban Knoxville Facebook group. Just make sure you answer those questions to become a member, and we will get you access in there. And also... Uh, if you did not sign up for the Urban Knoxville newsletter, knoxnews.com slash newsletters, you can sign up for that as well as multiple other newsletters that we put out every week. The Urban Knoxville one comes out on Friday and sort of gets you up to date with all the downtown news, but also looks ahead to some cool things happening over the weekend. So make sure you sign up for that. And that does it for the show. So thanks for tuning in and we'll be back again next week. Cheers. Keep it 200. Keep it 200.